0: This is the Critical Conversations podcast, a KPOV special project developed to feature unique perspectives and the courage it takes to go there, challenge mundane thought, and question the norm. I tell you what, this interview and this book came into my life at the right time. It's, it's such a privilege to be talking with you. I love this work, love your reputation what you've been doing. You know, spiritual teacher, best-selling author, how did this come about for you?
1: Well, you know, I... I that I probably was an existentialist as a child, and I didn't even know it. You know, I was—I was kind of what ponder life, and I was writing moody poetry. I guess that <laughs> would be called emo. You know, like I was—I was connected to my emotions pretty early on. So I really look back at that now, and I think, yeah, I was that girl. I was the girl that would look up at the sky, lay on you know the grass for hours, just wanting to like look up at the sky and go, "What is this? Like, who are we?" What is this all about? You know, and even in my young psyche, I was inquisitive. So, um, but it wasn't until I was almost 15 years old that my older sister, I have two or had two, um, who I just worshipped her. She was just the most magical spirit on the planet. She had a mental breakdown. And it just, it, it was just devastating for all of us you know, and it was really tragic, and it basically, I felt like time stood still, and it was very traumatic for me. I was uh, the youngest of four, and um, I didn't handle it very well. I didn't know it at the time, but I went into, like, profound fight or flight, and um, what rushed to the foreground of my mind was, oh, my God, what happened to her is going to happen to me, so, I started to develop all sorts of what I call side effects or symptoms, which I talk about a lot in my first book, so too, that I this anxiety that I got just reared its head and I didn't know why. Fast forward to I was an actress for 10 years and it started to impact my career and I knew I needed help. I went on a really deep psychospiritual journey. I wanted to know about the workings of the mind and that took me to Jungian analysis, and I did all sorts of different psychospiritual um, studying of modalities and therapies and all that. And then, fast forward again, I became a life coach and started working with a lot of people and realized that what I was helping them with was the way they think, what I call thought transformation. And I wrote my first book, which was a method for transforming negative and fear based thoughts. And then that took me to Live True, which I wrote right after my sister, Esther, who I'm speaking about, passed away. Because that just, wow, that put everything in perspective for me. And when you lose a loved one, uh, you know, you look at life so differently. And I realized that I wanted to talk about what it means to be present I had done a lot of work around mindfulness and I am a mindfulness teacher and a mindfulness meditation teacher. But when she passed away, I wanted to combine those two. I wanted to say, what does it mean to be present, to live in the present moment, to be aware of who we are? So then who are we? You know, who is the authentic self? Who's the real aura? You know, who am I right now? And that's the book that I wrote. I combined that. I combined the authentic self or the exploration of the authentic self? You know, really uh, peeling the onion, lifting the veils of all the different personas and roles we play. And how do we just drop into the authentic, real, true, genuine self and be unafraid to do so and then bring that person, the real aura, the real dawn into the moments of our lives? So that's really, you know, kind of like the... The basic background, you know, in a nutshell of what brought me to this moment now. I'm so sorry for the loss of your sister.
0: Thank you. Losing a loved one, losing someone close to you, it it until you've been through it, you, you don't quite understand. Right. Um, exactly. And that's not to minimize anybody's journey or, or what they're experiencing. But its it does really sit you back and make you kind of reevaluate a lot of things.
1: Absolutely. It does. It really does. And the preciousness of life. And, you know, the, the beauty of mindfulness is that it really teaches you how to be present and how to really appreciate the moments of your life. It's being in the present moment with total awareness. And the more you practice it, the more you really do appreciate the moments more because you're very cognizant of when you're rushing through them or hurrying them along. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. wait a minute here. You know, I don't want to rush through my life. I'm not going to get these moments back. So, that's why I felt it was such a great opportunity to combine, you know, again, the gratitude and the preciousness of life and what it means to really show up and be present in our lives and to value them. You know, and that's, as you know, with Live True, that's what I filled the book with, with, you know, helping help people raise their awareness of how important it is to be present.
0: Well, and that's like, you, you mentioned that too, in what you just said, as far as practicing mindfulness, practicing being in the present. What does that mean? Because it's not something that we ever, I don't want to say necessarily have down a hundred percent, but we're able, there is a little, a, a hurdle, an aha moment where we kind of, we kind of, oh, I get it. But it, sometimes yeah. it feels like it takes forever to get it. <laughs>
1: it does. And I'm glad that you just talk about the realness of that in that I didn't, you know, I don't write these these sort of quick fix books. I don't write like, oh, hey, here's the formula, here's the method and everything else is going to go away. That's not true. You know, it's how do we use these skills, you know, this tool, that toolkit, if you will. And it's the same for my first book, Says Who. It's like, we need the help. You know, um, I love that quote by Pierre Teilhard de Chardin, the French philosopher. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. And we forget that. You know, we get so caught up in the doing of our lives and the busyness of our lives that you and I talked a little bit about before that we need the help, you know? And so mindfulness, I feel, is the most amazing tool It's an inherent quality that each of us has, but we don't necessarily use it. But once we come on to it and go, wow, I can really use this thing called mindfulness, which is just a reminder to be present so that if or when I'm about to slip out of the moment or I'm about to get agitated or I'm about to get angry or I'm about to say something Mm -hmm. that I wish I hadn't, I bring myself into present moment awareness of what I'm about to do you know, maybe take a couple of deep breaths in, which is very meditative. And I talk about meditation that you don't have to just be sitting on a yoga mat or a meditation pillow to do it. It's mindfulness brings us into present moment awareness and go, Hey, hello, you're rushing right now or you're not really being mindful in the way you're talking to this person right now or you're about to like get super angry and reactive in traffic. You know, it reminds us, it helps us. And so, that's the way I really want to offer up mindfulness to people because it is hard. You're right. It's hard to stay conscious and mindful all the time. That isn't real. I mean, we're not not monks, you know, (laughs) meditating all day. We aspire to be more mindful. We aspire to be more present. We aspire to be more conscious. So, these are the ways in which we can help ourselves.
0: And doesn't that come down to... It's like knowing yourself, knowing when, okay, I know I'm going to get triggered and I better step away, take some breaths or do something to change up what's going on in my head right now so I can kind of get out of my head. Right, exactly.
1: And I even um, talk about something called mindfulness repair in Live True because sometimes we say something to someone or sometimes we're hurried and we're hurried to get out of the house and we barely look at a loved one in the eye or we cut them off mid-sentence. And what I say about mindfulness repair is that, you know, let's just say you get in your car and you're on your way to work. It's to connect to the moment that we weren't being mindful and say, huh, that wasn't, that wasn't very mindful of me. I'm going to, if I can, the sooner the better, but not to beat yourself up in the process, but to remind ourselves that when we get a moment, we can say to a loved one, hey, I'm sorry, I was really short with you. I was really impatient with you this morning. I was hurrying to get out of the house. And people really appreciate that. Do you know when we can then go back and and say that, you know, and again, sometimes we won't get that opportunity and that's okay. What it does is just reminds us to be more mindful the next time. So really what that thing is, how do I carry mindfulness into the moments that will come up for me? And it, it is,
0: really good reminder. And you know it's interesting too t- thinking about mindfulness because I know as I've grown, as I've matured, as I've had life lessons, it certainly makes more sense and and I and I understand it and I'm able to practice it. But I can't say I did that when I was younger. It, does it have to mindfulness does it have to come with age or is it something that you know are you know when you're in your 20s and your teens is that something that can be achieved then? And how would you do that?
1: That is such a good question. Actually, very timely because I'm about to teach a mindfulness course in school, in a school. And it's really exciting to me because things like meditation and mindfulness are being um, taught in schools. So, you know, that's very exciting that this stuff is getting into the mainstream and it's not considered fringe or alternative. I think the sooner that we teach it to children, the better. And if you have children and if they're open to it, because we know they're usually not open to stuff like this, but we can bring it up to them and we can, you know, make them aware of it. I have two children and um, they know what I do. And when I talk to them, I've brought up mindfulness. They don't push it upon them. I don't think that's the way to introduce new ideas and new concepts. I would venture to say that with time, this is going to get so into the mainstream that it's going to become second nature. I think what we're really witnessing is that this is, it's not that it's new because if you trace it back to the Buddha, you know, it's a 2,500 year old idea of how to be present and how to be conscious. So we take that into the 21st century and we're learning it. And you and I are talking about it, which is great. And more and more people are coming on to this idea and that's the beauty of it. So I think it can be taught at any time, I think, you know, my hope is that it will be taught sooner, you know, in the school system. But for now, you know, jump into it whenever you can. And it doesn't matter how old you are. You know, you can be any age at any moment in, you know, time in your life and learn this A skill. This, this as I said, it's an inherent quality that each of us
0: have. And Aura, the book, Live True, A Mindfulness Guide to Authenticity, who is this for? Who do you want using this book?
1: I wish that everybody (laughs) would pick it up. You know, you, you talk about like, you know, the age and how old. I really want to spread mindfulness out into the world and I don't want anybody to feel left out. I don't want anybody to feel like that's something that they don't know how to do or they can't do. Um, I think this is for everyone, and I want to support that. I want to support everybody trying mindfulness and saying that you can do it. Each and every one of us has the ability to be
0: more mindful. And what could somebody do today, just a simple step that someone could do listening to us that, that they could help them start this practice?
1: Well, I'd love to suggest to find a quiet place to sit. You know, as a meditation teacher... A lot of people say to me, I don't have time to meditate. And again, I want to include people. I want them to know that they can do all of these things. And a great way to start is to just, you know, maybe take 10 minutes in your day just to be quiet and just to sit quietly. And that could mean that it could be with yourself. If you have an animal, maybe you want to connect to your animal and be present with something. It could be maybe cooking, You know, observe yourself in the moment and try not to rush and try to really appreciate. I have something called your morning cup of tea or coffee can be your meditation that I wrote for Huffington Post years ago. You know, drink a cup of tea, a cup of coffee and really taste it. Don't rush through it. You know, feel the warmth of it on your lip. Feel the warmth of it going down your throat. Really be with it. You know, there's so many things we can do where we practice mindfulness, mindfulness walking, mindfulness eating, mindfulness um, conversation. So, start with one thing, like one thing that you want to do today. It could be being in the shower and not rushing through the shower and really feel the water on your body and soap your body slowly. You know, there's so many things you can do that keep you in the present moment.
0: And you know, that busyness, I know we all are, it is just that time, but I don't, I am i don't want that to be an excuse anymore. Yeah. And we can be mindful of our busyness. Like, okay, are we really that busy? I know. Did, do we and need to we it back? And do we need to, you know, really revisit what that's all about? Cause... Right. And if you, by the way, just to say to your listeners, try it
1: just a little bit each day. And it starts to grow and it's like a muscle. It strengthens and it gets more powerful. And then you're going to see that you like it because you're going to start to enjoy the moments more. You're going to start to taste your food better. You're going to be a better listener. You're going to start to enjoy things more and you're going to like it. You're not going to be you know, so quick to want to give it up. Mindfulness also heightens our um, senses. So we start to, you know, as I said to you earlier, I was listening to the rain outside my window and I was really actually enjoying it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the snow out my window and I'm I'm almost ready to enjoy it.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> you've been with it for so long. But you know what's a really good thing with that, Dawn, is to be aware of, you know, because let's not always, you know, pretend that it's always, you know, rainbows and unicorns because it's not. That present moment awareness could be like, oh, I'm really agitated that this has been the same weather. For weeks, I'm kind of over it. So, I'm going to be aware if it's going to start to put me in a bad mood. I'm going to be aware if it's going to start to make me feel angry. Do you know, that's also the other way to use it, that when we're starting to react to something negatively, we can use mindfulness to help us not go down that rabbit hole.
0: Well, this work is amazing and it, and it works. And it's not about being perfect. It's, it, it is a practice. Totally. It's a
1: practice and it's, it is a practice and it's like a daily practice. And like I said, you know, you know, go easy on yourself. Don't be hard on yourself. You know, try it a little bit each day and see how you feel. See how you feel heightening your awareness about your mood or where you find yourself in the moment. You know, are you helping yourself along are you make it, making it more difficult for yourself right
0: now? Well, or it has been such a pleasure speaking with you. The timing couldn't have been better. <laughs> oh, thank you. I so enjoyed talking to you. The book is Live True, A Mindfulness Guide to Authenticity. Where can we find the book and where can we learn more about you and your work? Uh, you can go to my website,
1: oranadridge.com, and that's full of just a lot of things that I'm doing and my, all my social media handles are Oran Adridge. And as far as getting the book, you know, you can get it Amazon, which is as we know, always quick. Uh, Barnes and Noble and, um, you know, certain bookstores, the ones that are still left, um, (laughs) might order it for you if they're not carrying it. So, but, you know, Amazon's pretty
0: quick. Well, again, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dawn. You've been listening to a KPOV Critical Conversation. To hear more engaging interviews on important topics, please visit kpov.org slash critical conversations.